0: On this episode of Larry the Golf Guy, we talked to Jill McGill, who last summer won the U.S. Senior Women's Open uh, in her first year of eligibility, having just turned 50. Um, but um, we sort of talk about the whole arc of her career, growing up in Colorado, um, playing for USC, where she had really a stellar career, both as a collegiate golfer, um, two-time All-American, and also uh, as an um, amateur uh, champion, um, winning the U.S. Amateur, winning the U.S. Amateur Public Links, winning uh, the following year. She won the U.S. Amateur in 93. She was runner-up in 94. So had really a long string of match play victories over those two years. Um, then played the LPGA Tour for a while, and, um, Uh, and, um, she's, um, chats about that experience as well. And, and, you know, why, um, she's very honest about why she feels like she wasn't as successful as, um, she could have been. Um, and then we, um, go on to her life today, um, and, uh, her, uh, tremendous victory last summer, um, where, um, you know, she became one of a very handful of uh, a few a very small handful, I should say, of people who've won three different three or more different USGA championships. I mean, this is a list that um before Jill did this, the entire list was Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods, Arnold Palmer on the men's side, and then Joanne Carter and Carol Semple Thompson on the women's side. And now There's a sixth member of this uh, August group and it's Jill McGill, so that's kind of neat. But we talk at length about what the um, uh, tournament was like for her. It's really fascinating, I think, to listen to what was going through her mind on that fourth round. And um, also uh, she shares with us the fact that um, uh, the first round of the US Senior Women's Open was her 13th round of the year of golf, um, and um, which is really amazing. And she talks about how, um, you know, she, rather than beating a bunch of balls, she was really focused more on the mental preparation, kind of how she focused on that part of the golf game. And, um, and um, I thought that was particularly interesting. So uh, really a fun conversation with Jill McGill about um, her career and Her tremendous victory last summer. um, Upcoming on this episode of Larry the Golf Guy. So, welcome to another edition of Larry the Golf Guy, and uh, it's my great honor today to have with us um, Jill McGill, um, who uh, you know, as we'll talk through, um, you know, won several uh, USGA championships during her stellar amateur career and career at USC and. Um, recently uh, won the U.S. Senior Women's Open, and we'll talk about all that and more. Jill, thank you so much for making time for us today.
1: Thanks, Larry. It's good to be here, and uh, I appreciate the interest in my career.
0: Absolutely. So let's kind of go back, if we could, to get things rolling to the beginning. I think if I remember right, you grew up in Denver, Colorado. um, And I think I saw that you started playing uh, golf around the age of 10. I'm curious sort of um, how you got started on it and who got you started and and how all that went.
1: Um, I was started in golf to the best of my recollection. And I believe there probably would be a little variance of uh, recall on this but I started, you know, fortunate enough to be at a club where they had summer camps and I did swim team and then tennis and then golf. And if I recall correctly, they had like a week long camp that you did the three of them. Um, and golf was part of it. And I believe that's really how I got started. And, um, uh, so, I mean, it was just a, it was just a summer thing. Maybe a maybe an hour in the afternoon, a couple days out of the week, along with the other sports that I did. I remember my mom doing a bunch of research once I got to a point where I could maybe play nine holes or eighteen holes, and talk to the Colorado Golf Association, asking where are there opportunities for my daughter in particular to play and or you know all of my kids, my older brother, I don't think was that interested at that point. Um, so, you know, kudos to her for really searching it out. Um, but really in, in Colorado, it was not like growing up in Texas where we are now or California or now even where kids are doing it 365 days out of the year. Right. So when I started, it was very much a, um, Let's go out on the golf course. Can I drive the cart, maybe get a Hershey bar at the turn <laughs> or you know, at hole six? And it's it really kind of just morphed from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and I know as you kind of alluding to, I mean, junior golf today has become like its own tour with the American Junior Golf Association and everything. And and it was probably a little different back then, but did you, when did you start and what was it like playing in tournaments? And I also, as a junior, I assume you did that. I'm assuming you must've played something on your high school team. What was sort of that all like?
1: Well, I mean, legitimately, it's such a different experience than what I understand it is today. Even my experience was dramatically different from those states that had golf year round. So when I, when I um, picked up a club, I, like I said, I think I played, I would have to go back and look in the history of it in the Colorado state match play and the Colorado stroke play. When I was to the, to the point where maybe I could play 18 holes, there might've been one or two other tournaments over the course of a summer that I entered, but that was pretty much about it. And I played my first national tournament, which was a USGA girls. You had to have a certain handicap in order to enter it. Now you have to qualify right to get it you can't just enter off a certain handicap and i remember starting to play from the white tees because or you know which were deemed the men's tees at right. that point right. so if you were a girl playing from those tees then the slope was different which would help your handicap become lower and that's how i gained entry into that tournament i mean it was legit i was playing from there and i could hit the right. ball far enough that right. that's what happened and i went to uh in uh minneapolis at golden valley country club yeah my first usga junior girls and i got into the match playing a playoff which i had to go back the next morning to do if i recall correctly Mm -hmm. and in my first round i got spanked by uh randy burton
0: oh Notable yeah. player. Right. Yeah.
1: Welcome to, you know, welcome to national golf, right? <laughs> so, I mean, even then I was like, Oh, this is fun. And Oh, look at the, look at the posse from California, you know, <laughs> and, and, and there I was, um, there, there maybe was one or two other girls from Colorado at that point that would maybe be on the scale to go and want to do something like that. So th- I believe that was when I was 14 or 15, I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly. Maybe yeah, older yeah. than that. When I went to high school, which was a very large high school, public high school, and uh, they didn't have a girls team. So that was in 1986. Okay. There was no girls golf team. And so I didn't play. I played uh, field hockey. I ran track. I ski yeah. raced. Still did um, Swimming. Uh, They tried to get me to play basketball. I really didn't have any interest. Uh, At that point, I didn't really want any sports that had contact. I had already knocked all my teeth up into my nose in a diving board accident. Oh,
0: my God. Ouch. Ouch. Wow. On
1: a diving team. (laughs) So, (laughs) like, you know, they wanted me to run hurdles, and all I could do is think about tripping and knocking my face on a hurdle again. (laughs) Um, So, they didn't have a boys' golf team, my freshman, or excuse me, a girls' golf team. And I just didn't, wasn't really that interested. And then a couple of my friends on the boys team, i like, no, you should try out for the boys team. My sophomore year, I "I don't know, I don't know. And I ended up doing it and I played on the boys team and uh, Smokey was our coach. And in a way it was super gratifying when we played somebody else and I'd walk on the team and the other team would be like, Oh man, who has to play the girl? <laughs> um, so, so they were super supportive. Like there wasn't, there was not a player on the team that was not supportive of it, which was great. And uh they love to post that picture still, the high school uh team picture, which is fun. And then we um then they established a club girls team because it wasn't recognized. There's was some sort of um uh, what's the word, Larry? You know, protocols Protocol, in order to right. make yeah. an official varsity.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, we were not official, but we won state. Um, my junior wow. year for the girls wow. team. Okay. And
0: then,
1: if I recall correctly, and the same for my se- my senior year. In the senior year, we were official. But okay. don't 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 hold me to that. But okay, I think we were so. Um, so there
0: you go. Now they have a now they have a girls team, and it's been been ever wow. uh, since. Wow, uh, a pioneer. Um, so so you're playing uh, obviously at a, a notable level. You're playing in some national tournaments. Playing high school team that's competitive statewide. How did you end up uh, going to USC? Did they see? Did you? Did they know about you and recruit you? Was that something you were had your eye on, or how did that connection happen?
1: Uh, well, I became enamored with USC on a spring break trip in high school when we went to Mazalon. and uh, there were a bunch of colleges down there and somehow we ended up hanging out with a bunch of people from USC. So from, I, I don't know, I mean, I was enamored and you always know, see the Rose Bowl on television, yeah. you know, when it's snowing out. And I mean, you know, the pageantry at USC on television comes across pretty strong
0: yeah, it in, a, sure in a good way. Yeah.
1: and. Uh, so I was, that the allure of that was there and the allure of getting to California. I always wanted to be in California and, um, they recruited me. So, you know, like, like I said, I had not played a lot of national tournaments. I had played that one at at golden Valley where I lost to Brandy Burton. And I think there were a bunch of coaches watching that because of Brandy, not because of me, because of (laughs) Brandy. And, um, the next year I played in it as well. And I, if I have it, you know, I must've played in that when I was 16, the okay. first one. And then okay. 17, I shot 70, 71, in the qualifier, which wow. was quite a turnaround from the previous year. Yeah. And at that point, you know, that's really all it took to really garner some, uh, good attention from all the D1 schools. And so at that point, well, I take that back. I had written letters my sophomore year to all of the schools that I possibly could have been interested in. My name is Jill McGill. I play golf. Here's my interest. You know, I would appreciate it if you would consider me for your program. And I, you know, about a quarter of those came back and said, we would love to have you, but we don't have a women's program at this time. Wow. And like, oh, apparently I didn't research that thoroughly. But um, Pepperdine being one of those, I do remember that. And so that's how that process went. I wrote those letters with the help of my mom and sent those out. So I got on the radar when I did play what few national tournaments I did play, which was the U.S. Junior Girls. Um, I think I played one amateur before I got to college. I I really would have to go back and look at it, but definitely not a common story. I would, I would not consider it the path that most juniors took in terms of um, efforts solely on golf.
0: Right. I hear you. I hear you. Well, 141 for 36-hole qualifying is pretty notable in a USGA event at that age. So I could see how that would get on the radar of people. You know, one thing I, I, I meant to ask you as we we're talking through your career at this point, was there a... Pro that you had as kind of a coach at this point, um, or how what what instruction were you having um, as you were, you know, a junior on your way to college and you know, obviously playing at a pretty high level?
1: Um, well, you know, as at the junior, I had a couple of I had a couple of uh, John Trank, who was really my first uh teacher there at Cherry Hills. Yeah. And then I switched over to a guy named Bob Alt because John left. And then uh, once I got into college, Bob left. So it was not as, you know, it It just was a little bit different. I mean, I didn't have a year, year-round year relationship with these coaches who were both amazing. Yeah. And um, yeah, I would not consider it like a coaching mentorship like you see okay. today.
0: Yep. Fair enough. Um, so you're off to... USC, you're a Trojan, um, and um, stellar, obviously, college career, um, you know, uh, uh, All-American, you know, great team, you know, and you're, you know, obviously, we'll get to the U- the amateurs and stuff. But um, talk about sort of what your college career was like. I know you were really close in the NCAAs, both as a team and individually, um, and as I say, two-time All-American, but what was what was the college experience like? Was it, uh, I assume it must have been a lot of uh, fun and fulfilling.
1: Well, I think it was a lot more fun than what college can be today. That's where yeah, it got that, me that's from what fair. I understand. <laughs> and, one, and one of the things that um, was alluring to me about USC, and ultimately my decision came down to UCLA or USC, Okay. And although I have a lot of respect for the coach that was at UCLA and UCLA as a program in general, yeah. as a school, um, you know, the networking at USC combined with the coach that we had that made a point to make college, yes, she wanted to win. And she did a great job, particularly with the resources available to the program at USC which is not like an ASU or Oklahoma state or Duke or Stanford where you are that have their own golf courses and their own practice right, facilities. Right, I mean, right, we were right. in a car 45 minutes a day, driving out to the golf courses to go and play. Right. Well, three times a week. We, we, <laughs> we had sanctioned practice three times a week. Um, so I, I thought we did a great job for that. And what she made it an experience rather than all about golf. For example, I appreciate it now, I didn't necessarily appreciate it in school, but Kathy Bright, now Kathy Bright Torquiana, uh, every time we were at a place, we went to go see a monument, or we went to go see a football stadium, or we, we experienced something that was unique to that city. When we played Stanford, we went into she, she allowed it and she made it happen to go into San Francisco and do something in San Francisco. Wow. So there is a lot. I mean, I cannot speak highly enough for her ability to balance the um, obligation we had as golfers, particularly being on on scholarship, but allowing us to experience school in a way And and as hard as she tried. To get us to appreciate <laughs> culture at that point, you know, which I hope we all do now. As an 18-year-old, you're like, oh, I want to watch Friends. But <laughs>
0: um,
1: you know, she did it, she really did a great job.
0: That's wonderful. I I, I wasn't familiar with her. That's fantastic. Uh, that's really to her credit. I I agree. Um, so um outside of college, uh, but around this time, right, you're playing in these national amateur championships, and you've got uh, yeah. tremendous in the U.S. Women's Amateur Champion. You, you win it in 93. I think you were runner up in 94. Um, you also win the 94, 1994 U.S. Women's Public Links Champion. I mean, it's a lot of hardware. Um, so uh, what were those like? Were there any particularly memorable matches and stuff? Or what, what was your memories of those?
1: Well, you know, my U.S., my U S amateur career started, uh, in New Jersey and it was my, if I recall correctly again, Larry, I, 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 you know, I apologize if I'm off on any of this to anybody that's listening, don't go fact check. This is my memory. (laughs) And, um, so I played in New Jersey and I had to get in the match play via playoff for that as well. This is my first amateur. Okay. And my first opponent in that match was Kelly Robbins.
0: Oh, wow. Yes. You really, and, you, you have a hell of a draw in these uh, USGA yep. tournaments.
1: <laughs> and if I have this correct, she had me two down at some point, And I hold out from the, uh, I hit my drive on 18 in the trees, had to, had to punch out and I hold out for Birdie to push her to extra holes.
0: Oh, <laughs> Can wow. you imagine in, in wow. match play?
1: That's just like a, oh my gosh. You, yeah. can we run that's
0: the beauty of match play. I love it. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Yes. The tide can turn very quickly. Um, so that was my first experience. The next year we played in Chicago and I missed the cut. And then in 93, I won. So I went from playoff to not making the cut. I had a little too much fun in Chicago to, <laughs>
0: um,
1: to uh, winning the next year.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then you're a runner up the next the year after, right? I mean, so you yes. had quite a run there.
1: Yes. And, and that, that us amateur was the year of the Curtis cup that we played in, right. uh, at the honors, which if anybody is looking for a fantastic golf course, it is so it's in, unique it's, in Tennessee, I mean, right? That's the one. in that's Tennessee.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be. Tennessee. I've never been there, but I've seen it. The pictures yeah. look phenomenal. It sounds great. It looks great. Yep.
1: Yeah. the little Chattanooga. <laughs> and, um, uh, So she, so so we had all of the players in that amateur from GBI and USA. So I mean, it was any time every year you have Curtis Cup, the US amateur at on US soil, the field's gonna be more stacked than you know, others. And so to get through to the finals, having gone through, I believe, three other Curtis Cup competitors to get there, I think it was a total of four. Wow! Um, I was I played Emily Klein. I played a gal named Ellen Port, who has a very stellar amateur career. She played at the U.S. Senior Open this year. Oh wow!
0: Okay, that's cool.
1: Um, You know that was a that was a tough one to get through. And
0: I bet you know,
1: I lost to Wendy Ward, which we all know she's an amazing player, so yeah, but I have liked to win, of course. I would. <laughs> um, but it wasn't in the cards that year.
0: Well, it was still quite a great run, and then you mentioned the Curtis Cup team. So, if I'm remembering right, I think you had Carol Simple Thompson on that team as yes. well, right? And so, yes. I always I find, you know, people like her, you know, you know, and I think of her like a Jay Siegel or something, you know, these people who are sort of these career and they both happen to be from Pennsylvania, but these people who are these career amateurs um and you know sh- so she's got to be playing I, I don't remember who else was on the team I think Emily Klein was you were but you know probably a lot of college girls and and she's got to be by then probably in her mid-40s I would think and um what was that like getting I mean I assume you got to know her a little bit you probably know her well by this point but what was that like playing with someone with that you know incredible USGA career she has and so much older than everyone but still playing at a high level
1: well, you know, when I look back on it, I wish that I was a little bit, uh, better versed at the time. I mean, like I said, my golf career was not one of knowing all of the players researching all of the players. I mean, at that point, I probably could have named 15 people, maybe who played on the LPGA tour, maybe. Okay. And, um, I just had it, it just was not a path that I saw myself going down at. Uh, and in hindsight, I'm like, man, heck, how- how did I get to that point? Because when I went out and played, I played like, that's what I did. Mostly I just played and it was fun. And so none of it ever seemed like work. Um, but Carol simple Thompson, uh, aside from being, having the stellar career that she has had, she has such a great personality and she definitely was a great leader. She brings a calmness. She brought experience. But the one thing I remember about Carol most, and you can ask people on our team, is I love a good joke, love a good joke. And at this point, joke telling had not been ruined by the internet.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I get you. There is
1: a certain craft or artsmanship to delivering a punchline. Yeah. And I used to have, man, in my back pocket, I used to have a ton of jokes. And I wish I could remember them. Cause I just like to laugh and I love to make people laugh.
0: Yeah.
1: And what really made me laugh was telling a joke and Carol saying, hang on, I have to go get something. And out she comes with her little book. Uh, when somebody tells a good joke, she writes it down. Oh, so she can fantastic. remember. So she, I, love uh, <laughs> <laughs> I meant to ask her when I saw her, I'm like, hey, girl, why, why? I meant to ask her if she still had that little black book, joke book. That um, that we were all telling jo- you know that she had, but she I mean she is very unique individual and yeah for kind, sure such a great leader. Um, I mean, just not enough words.
0: Yeah, she's she's fantastic, and and I know I mean you guys were the '94 Curtis Cup team. I remember. I think she even played out into the 2002 one. I mean, when she was in her early 50s. In fact, if I remember, I think that was a year. She clinched the victory for the team. I mean, just a, a stellar career. And yeah. that's the need to get to know her. So you're you're having this fantastic career, um, amateur career, national champion, you know, All-American USC. Were you pretty convinced at that point that you wanted to make, uh, you know, playing golf on the tour your career? Or, or, um, when, oh. did that, <laughs> or when did that, <laughs> when did, because I know you're telling me you didn't all the way along. So when did that kind of happen?
1: um well at the point where I I did that you know the summer after the U.S amateur yeah. when I ended up winning the pub links and ended up yeah. going to the finals in the amateur having been close that in the nabisco to I mean I think I was two two strokes shy making the cut in nabisco
0: oh wow okay. um
1: as an amateur which you know like was super overwhelming to me right and showing up in that sort of arena. And, um, people had approached me after, or even before the U S amateur in 94. And then after the U S amateur, and I got, and I was like, wait a minute, I can go make a career of playing golf. Like, wow, this is, this can happen opposed to, I can get an entry level job at a marketing firm or, you know, a finance, some sort of finance company. I was like, maybe I should really, you know, see what this is all about and see what that looks like. And everything happened very, very quickly. Okay. So um, after the amateur things got put into motion, I got signed up with an agent, Roger Cleveland, who was a USC Trojan was super instrumental and oh, okay. you know, making some connections, um, such a great guy. And, uh, I signed on with, uh, an agent who at the time was repping Corey Pavin.
0: Okay.
1: he was a, a UCLA guy, uh, Babroon, <clears throat> but right. I was playing the same, <laughs> I was playing the same VAS clubs
0: okay. from Cleveland. Cleveland. That I, right. I remember yes. those. Sure. Yeah.
1: And, um, and so it happened very, very quickly. And I ended up going down to Australia in the fall to play some events there. And I actually was enrolled for an extra semester at USC to finish out my degree. And I ended up leaving. So I didn't, I didn't finish those two classes and I went and then I uh, played on the Asian tour. They got me entry into the Asian tour. And then I went and I got my, um, tour card in Europe. Okay. So I played a couple of it. So I, I really, I didn't get my tour card in the fall when I tried, uh, at, um, LPGA qualifying school in the fall, uh, Gosh, yes, in the fall of 94. So I didn't have that card for 95. So in 95, I played on the Asian tour. I uh, played a couple of events on the European tour. I played what uh, used to be called the Futures Tour, which is the developmental tour for the LPGA. It has since had a few different names. Yeah. And then I went back to qualifying school in 95 and got my tour card for 96.
0: Got it. Um, and so you're on the LPGA tour playing for a number of years. I know you kind of had to requalify. sometime, came really close. I know a couple of times to winning. Um, I think if I'm remembering right, the Michelob light classic one year yep. and, um, you know, the ultra Michelob ultra open another year, I think, you know, you were, you were right there runner up a couple of times. What was it like? What was life like on the tour, um, for you?
1: For me, it was always a struggle. To be quite honest, you know, I, I was never really a huge fan of the tour. I had always um, dreamt of being a mom, yeah, having a family. Sure. Um, and to me, it, it they opposed one another. Sure. Um, there were there were a couple of gals that I still look at them in awe. Like, how did you do it? How did you how, how did you make this okay for yourself? And really, now I'm like I'm not sure that they did make it okay for themselves yeah. because this this idea you can have it all is quite honestly a bunch of BS. Where right. where you am I allowed to say that?
0: You absolutely um, are. You're good. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, because
1: if I'm doing really well in golf, I'm failing at home. If I'm doing really well at home, I'm not doing as well in golf. It just it it it. Just, I mean, there is. Now, this idea of having a balance, at least in my mind, is is uh, not obtainable. And um, so that was one of the things that I really struggled with about being on the tour. And I never really felt settled. Um, I had a hard time establishing really good relationships out there because I really just wanted to be at home. And I do think that that's one thing that uh, held me back so to speak, but I was really never really able to embrace it as much as some of the other players um, which is ironic because now that I have a family with a 10 and a six year old I was talking about this with my friend and she's like man, look what you did with everything going on in your life right now you know the kids and the business that you guys have and your teaching and here you are at the US senior Open I said, man, maybe it was just a reprieve and like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, now, I, now, I have,
1: now I can legitimize just tuning everything out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I definitely definitely want to get to the uh, the U.S. Senior Women's Open, but maybe just I'm interested in a couple of the things you just ticked off. So besides, obviously, still playing at an incredibly high level, and I and I definitely we're going to talk about the Senior Open. What else is going on in your life? Obviously, you know, having, you know, my wife and I have three kids. I, I know what it was like. My, my, um, uh, and they're a lot older, obviously, than yours, but, um, I'm sure they take up a lot of time. But you mentioned you teaching and your business. What other, what pursuits are you doing, um, outside the family that you just ticked off? I like the,
1: um, uh, well, I mean, you know, as you know, being a parent, attending a six-year-old is a full-time job in itself.
0: Absolutely. totally. You know,
1: I, I woke up this morning and I opened the cabinet to get my coffee and there were the dog medicine. I was like, oh my gosh, I was supposed to give it to him tomorrow, yesterday. So thank goodness it's right in front of my face. Right. Um, you know, it, it it's just a lot. So the teaching, I've enjoyed it. I teach at a public course down here and I actually think it's helped my game a lot. Um, it is. Okay. It is. It is the biggest challenge I've ever had, I would say, um, it definitely makes you dig deep and uh, figure out ways of communicating, um, trying to express different things, trying to come up with solutions to different things that people are just, I come home and I'm like, God, am I really bad or, did they just never throw a ball when they were a kid? You know, I mean, it's. Just, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that to be mean, but it's. I mean, it really is. I understand. Cute, you know, yeah, it's hard. Um, I bet. So it's uh, it's it's it definitely makes you question. It, it definitely makes you question in terms of, uh, it, you know what it does. It gives you the skill to let go of things because if you hold on to your students' failures or successes. <laughs> I'd be in a straitjacket. So um, it's a hard game. It's a really hard game. It sure is. And uh, I'm like, that's, if you can learn it as a kid, it's, it's like, it literally is like learning language, you know, that if you can, if you can absorb it and all the intricacies of it as a, as a child, it's gotta be easier.
0: There's no doubt about that. I mean, I obviously never played at your level. I played in college at a much easier, um, uh, conference than the PAC 12. Um, and, you know, I, but I started when I was nine, um, and yeah, and I see people who start, um, you know, I'm 61 now, but I see people who start, you know, an older age and it's, it's so much easier when you start young. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean,
1: I'm not even talking about making it, you know, an everyday thing that I see a lot of wackadoodles doing with their kids now, um it it just like just being around it and just kind of absorbing a little bit in terms of oh this is what you mean by a pin placement this is what you mean by a downhill lie this is what you mean by a tight leg or you know just all of those things that just take experience so it's um yeah anyway that that's uh so the teaching um Somehow we recently acquired two dogs that are going to turn when I say recently in, in the year of 2022, that will be turning, uh, one here very shortly, two sister dogs. Um, so they're pretty time consuming and, but I I think I like them the best out of anybody in my family, So you know, especially my kids, they don't talk back. They eat what I give them. They sit when I ask them to, they only require two walks a day. I mean, what's yeah. there not to like, right? I, like, I why
0: did I not couldn't. get a dog? I, I totally agree with you. <laughs> uh, I love uh-huh. it. That's that's awesome. Um, so I'm going to talk, let's get into the, uh, the U.S. Senior Women's Open from this summer. And I have to, um, before you actually get into the tournament, I'm just so curious about this. I mean, you're jumping into something where, you know, I mean, you end up playing with Annika in the final round. She's a defending champ. You have got Laura Davies, Alan Alfreds, and these are all sort of former champs, both of them. Um, and were you like, how did you prep for something like this? Were you playing competitively at all? I mean, you mentioned—I know you were teaching, and obviously incredibly skillful. But you know, there's, you know, I know you'll probably agree with this. You know, there's golf and there's tournament golf, um, right. and and you really need to. It's, it's hard to sort of go into tournament golf just if you're just playing golf. Um, so right. how did you prep and get into that mode to play at that level in a tournament like that? Well,
1: you know, if I were to go through a list of factors that I think helped me made, helped me be successful at the U.S. Senior Open. One of them is teaching and it being an environment of golf. There is a guy who's the director of golf over there called, called named. <laughs> uh, his name is Scott Akers. And, you know, occasionally when I've been over there, I feel, hey, Scott, can you take a look at this? You know, like, hey, let's go out on that. Let's go have a let's go hit some wedges or, you know, can you hey, can you tell me if I'm doing this in my swing? So, you know, it's fun to mess around with that. and really gain an understanding or a command of my, you know, my golf DNA has not changed. I am still working to overcome some of the similar things that I was working to overcome when I was 28 years old but with the event of video being here and uh, yeah. a better understanding of the way that the body functions and the biomechanics of it all it sure. has become easier so really having a, a strong command of what i am trying to do for me and an acceptance of like this is my golf dna i mean i can fight it if i want but why not just roll with it yeah um so that's that's one um there and and i did pick up tennis. And I was playing and still in playing a ton of tennis, which back in the day, people would say, oh, it's not going to translate to golf. It's going to hurt your golf game as a matter of fact. And I strongly disagree with that. There's a guy that I work with here on my tennis tennis game. His name is Jason Warren. Every time I go over to work with him in my lesson, you know, we talk about the similarities in terms of the biomechanics of golf and the biomechanics of tennis. Are there certain things that are different? Of course there are, but it helped me keep in shape. Um, and rotationally, which is the major thing in golf, whether it's chipping or whether it's full swing. Uh, and then, um, believe it or not, Luna and Vader, my two dogs who I cursed when we had them getting up in the middle of the night and taking them out. And after we got them back from puppy school, I had very serious conversations about them while on the walks where they were enjoyable, asking them why they were in my life. Why are you in my life? And about on the third day, they looked up at me and said, well, you're taking us on walks twice a day, power walks for two miles. Don't you know, we're trying to get you in shape for the U.S. Open so you can walk <laughs> the golf course. I was like, oh, OK. And I'm glad you know the English language. Thank you for that. Um, and then there's a guy here named Pat O'Brien. His name is Pat O'Brien. And he is. um I mean, we just really have been collaborating and talking about and in, in how the how the body works and how the mind works and being able to let go of emotional baggage, which from golf, I have I have a lot. I have a lot.
0: Yeah. Who do we all in do? right? Able, yeah.
1: yeah, of course. I mean, whether it's just from golf or whether it's from life experiences and right. how to approach that. And, I, and he and I started working on that stuff um, for all intents and purposes. is like sports psychology, along with him being a master in terms of swing mechanics, putting mechanics, chipping mechanics, um, to go. And he would be very interesting to have on your ship, by the way. Okay, I, would, I, might, I might take coach, you up on
0: that. So I appreciate that. that. <laughs>
1: um, and he, uh, you know, we just had a lot of conversations about that. So that, and then I did play in the Colorado state open in May at the end of May. Um, I didn't make the cut. I shot, I think I shot 78, 68. And when I shot 68, I was like, see, I still can play.
0: (laughs) And I, that was
1: my fifth round of golf of
0: 2022. Wow. That's amazing. Um,
1: So the second, my sixth round was a lot better. Um, And then I played in, uh, the LPGA senior championship, which was in July Okay. and drove over there. It wasn't too far from Dallas. And that was the first time I ever played with any sort of injury. That was a little bit debilitating to Mm. my golf swing. Um, and honestly, when I was there, I was like, why am I even here? I mean, I, i literally on a par three, I hit a shot and I was like, oh, that's going to be all over the pin. It's going to be so great. And it ended up like 15 yards short. And I was like, oh my God, what just happened? And I pulled the club up and I was like, oh, you ding dong. It's because you hit your nine iron, not your eight iron. I mean, you know, just like mentally, it just, it sounds so silly, but you know, when you're there, that doesn't happen. When you're mentally there, that doesn't happen. Right. Um, But I knew something good even through that. I I had four putted a a par three. (laughs) The day before, and I came off that hole the next day, and I made par. And my caddy, my caddy goes, "Well, that's an improvement." I'm honest to goodness. I had totally forgotten; didn't even enter my mind. And I said, "Oh, hey, that's a that's a, I'm on the right path. If I can take, if I like flush it, you're Flesh done. It. I don't know Absolutely. what happened. Right. That is not me. I was like I don't know who that person was. Um." So by the, time I, by the time I got to, I had to pull out of another tournament that I was going to play in Minnesota just because of kids and family and a bunch of stuff going on. And so I, I believe, and I've debated whether I wanted to say this publicly or not, but I think if I have my rounds correct, the first round of the U.S. Open was my 13th round of golf in 2022.
0: That's just amazing. I've had some amazing.
1: So, um, but there was a lot of outside factors and that... There was so much preparation mentally off the course, just constantly. But I had, you know, I had started thinking about that the previous year at the LPGA senior championship. And my sister told me, you know, you're going to be exempt when you turn 50 into the U.S. Senior Open. I was like, what? And she said, yeah, U.S. Amateur champions get a three-year exemption when they turn 50 into the U.S. Senior Open.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Okay. (laughs) Wow.
1: That's an added bonus and I'll take it. Um, And so I actually had made comments to people, my husband included, like I am gunning for the U.S. Senior Open. And, um, And I said, I think I can be competitive. As a matter of fact, I know I can be competitive. So it's just... Setting that frame of mind in terms of the objective is to, in my case, free my mind of whatever happened before, Um, because I think we can all agree that going into my professional career, I would fall into under the category of why was there not more success in terms of winning based on the amateur career? And after this, I'm like, well, it just won my time. I mean, for yeah. some reason, it was not my time, which is yeah. kind of hard to accept. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Yeah. And um, and so there was a lot of mental preparation and, you know, a lot of and I tell my students now, you don't need to hit golf balls. You do right. not need to hit golf balls. Like go in a mirror and watch the way that your body is moving. Learn how your body needs to move. Go in and um, use your hardwood floors at home and take your putter and get calibrated to what to having your putter down, which is a square putter face and see what your body feels like. Right. And that's half the, I mean, that's more totally. than half. The yeah.
0: Battle. Yeah. It
1: and, is. um, people don't buy into it. And uh, you know, I, I bought into it a hundred percent. And because when you're doing everything at home with the kids and the dogs and whatever, five minutes a day, seven minutes a day, just visualizing like what it's going to feel like if you start getting nervous, what it's going to feel like if you're, if you're, um, Faced with, I don't, what's the word I'm looking for, Larry? Uh, Faced with a challenging situation. Right, a stressful, so stressful situation. (laughs) Right, a stressful
0: situation, right. Yes,
1: verbal, I scored very low on my SAT verbals. (laughs) Um, And, um, you know, so, so, I mean, this started over a year, I mean, well over a year before the U.S. Open. It just wasn't in a way that you could see it outwardly
0: right so when I knew
1: it it was going on inside um and when I showed up to the U.S. Open I had such a calmness about me just totally calm it was it was great
0: yeah that's awesome I mean this is just I'm so glad we talked through this part of it because it just shows golf the importance of the mental aspect of it um and and the mind and the role the mind plays and stuff and um that's, I, I love it. That's awesome. It yeah. really is.
1: But, you know, I don't, you know, one thing that's important that I feel like, and, and I did have a conversation with myself and I, and I learned this term watching uh, Djokovic when he was, he was in a match and he was being interviewed afterward and he had walked off the court and went to the restroom <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I had a toilet talk with myself. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what happened the last day when I went in the bathroom. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I uh, love it
1: okay I just need to go to the restroom and look in the mirror and have a conversation with myself <laughs> so,
0: so let, we don't have to go back to the restroom but let's go back to the last day so we're at um, NCR Country Club yeah. you're you're playing with Annika you're right in the thick of it um, yeah. you know you've got like I said people like Alan Ad, uh, Alfredson you've got obviously Laura Davies you know all in the mix um, uh, and what's, I mean, when you're teeing it up and I, and I know you had been in contention with Annika at the, we're going back a ways at the U S open probably 20 years ago, at Prairie dunes. Um, and so, you know, you've been in that situation before, obviously you've played in a lot of tournaments, but you, but now you're sort of, you know, it's 2022, um, your 13th round, the opening round of the year. That's, that's a great fact. Um, and so, but you're there in the final round. What's going through your mind? I mean, you were able to, you said you entered the tournament with a, a lot of calmness, which is awesome. You still calm going into that fourth day or other things going through your head? What, where are you mentally on that fourth day?
1: Well, I did think about the fact that this was like a uh, US Open part two for me right. being paired with Annika. And, um, I mean, Hutchinson stung for a lot of reasons, you know, yeah. I, I, I definitely was inside of my head. I was a slower player. I got a lot of negative feedback, um, about my demise. If you want to call it that, you know, I made it to, to people are like, Oh, how was your, uh, you, you had a, uh, Jason kid. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They got a nice triple double. Oh, I'm like, God. "Yep, that's, <laughs> you know, it's amazing that what you hear. And that's um, so nasty.
0: That's terrible.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's kind of funny, really.
0: (laughs) It is. It's good to laugh at agree, but
1: um, not when you're on the receiving end of it. Right. I mean, it was clever. It's clever. Um, So I had thought about that. And (laughs) going into Sunday, there's a difference between being nervous with a calmness and confidence versus being nervous and being scattered and manic yeah, and the latter is what I would describe how I would describe myself previously and the uh nervous and calm is how I would describe myself now and um I remember so showing up on the first tee I just I really tried to I mean there were so many things that prior to it, like at the U S open at Cherry Hills, where I grew up, I mean, I remember going down to get my breakfast and I had eaten the same thing every day and somebody had eaten my blueberries on that day. And I mean, I about lost it and, <laughs> um, and, you know, people call it superstition. I call it habit. And, um, yeah. Uh, yeah or pre pre pre-routine. Um, I mean, and there were just numerous factors that we're out of avocado for my breakfast. All right. What else do we have? You know, just like, just roll with it. Right. And it's, it's not worth the mental energy to get caught up in something like that. Those are small examples or that's a small example of something that previously could potentially derail somebody. Right. Right. In terms of myself. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But getting on that first yeah, I remember, I remember, so I went through my routine I was feeling good. Um, and you know, one of the things that I've had to overcome are those shortcuts. Like I always yeah. get super nervous on the shortcuts and I'd been doing my practice every day from three, six, nine, 12. And the day before, I don't know why it took me so long to catch on to this. But when I found myself nervous over those puts, I'd be like, it isn't anything but the drill. This is your drill right here. This is what you did. That's it. And and I was really able to shift focus onto this is a this is the drill that I just did. Um, nothing more, nothing less. Like you made most of them, and you know, so assume that's what's going to happen. Right. I had a lot of these talks in my yeah. Head. That's awesome. And, that's
0: awesome.
1: <clears throat> um, but I was on the first tee with Annika, and I re- these two volunteers were there. They're like, so how you doing? And I don't know what happened, but I looked at them and I go, well, I'm nervous. You know, I mean, <laughs>
0: I'm doing
1: good, but I'm nervous. I'm not going to like, how do you think I'm doing? So, I mean, you know, I, it's a big tournament. I'm going to have a fun day. I'm paired with Annika and Helen and, and uh, Laura are behind us. And, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah. So I was looking forward to it. I really was. I had my kids there. You know, I had told them um, you know, part of this whole story is I Bella, my 10 year old was wanting to come to the tournament. And I told them if I was in the top 10 going into the weekend, we would figure out a way to fly them out to the tournament. Yeah, And, you know, at some point on, on that Friday, I actually, this, you know, this was a learning moment too, on that Friday I was five under on the round. Right. And, um, and all of a sudden I was like, I wonder how they're going to get out here because I know I'm going to be in the top 10. And I started thinking about that. And the next thing I knew I made a bogey and I was like, all right, just hit pause, worry about it after the rest. <laughs> after the rest. <laughs> oh man. As my husband says, like those wheels never stop turning ever. So yeah, um, yeah that's true. Yeah. So um, anyway, so they were out there, which is great. And literally, I mean, I did that, that, that uh, thing going back to the blueberries was a little bit like my daughter where on Saturday, every time I made a birdie, she'd come up and go, mom, you're in fifth place, mom, you're in third place, mom, mom, you know? And I was like, dang, I wish I had a dollar for every time you said mom. But, uh, <clears throat> so she was, she was trying to be helpful. Her heart was in the right spot. Sure. And, uh, she literally before the round was like, Hey mom, you have a great opportunity.
0: <laughs> and um, so, just remember,
1: just remember to go out and have fun, and just do your best.
0: That's like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> there are oh. times you listen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can see. Yeah. It. So, so, um, so, 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 the final days you're going through it. Yeah. Um, I mean. You know, I, you know, lot of people watch, I mean, there, there's a great, there's a great video. You've probably seen it on YouTube that sort of summarizes your last round, um, which, you know, shows a lot of the key shots and stuff like that. Um, kind of, was there points in the round where you sort of felt it slipping away? Did you sort of feel in control? Were you kind of calm the whole way? Kind of what were your emotions throughout that round?
1: Well, through Sunday was, I, I will, I'll, I'll just digress here a little bit. To yeah, Saturday. Please.
0: Yeah, go on, on
1: Saturday, in hindsight, looking at that round, what really was a difference maker, what, and, and it turned out on Sunday as well, holes 11, 12, 13, and 14 yeah. were kind of the meat of it, where there was a lot of shifting that took place both days. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so I, would, you know, the first holes par five the day before I had eagled it, I had, right. uh, hit a, uh, driver seven iron and made about a six foot putt that, um, you know, I just, I hit it where I wanted to hit it. I got the bounce and, you know, the, the rub of the green and it worked in my favor that time. And, and, and I had made it and, and, you know, just all day on Saturdays hitting a bunch of really good shots, just really solid shots. Um, so on Sunday, I get up there and I hit, I was nervous and pull my drive a little bit, but I was still in the fairway, you know, like my heart was pumping Yeah. and, um, gosh, I think I hit just short of the green and, and I made a good chip up there and I made a good putt at it, just didn't go in. And Annika was there out of the bunker. She made about a 20 footer for birdie. Wow. And, or maybe it wasn't quite that long, but she made a good putt. I had, I had given her the line. I was just outside of her. So she definitely got a read off of it. And I was walking to the next hole and I turned to my sister and I said, all right, game on, you know, and (laughs) and, uh, it was just, it was just fun. It was just fun and really playing competitive tennis. had really, it really helped me with that too, because it allowed me to compete in an arena that had no baggage and figure out the mentality of how I wanted to feel and how I could approach it. And bringing that into golf was super refreshing for me yep. it was like a you know it's just like a jill and a jilly you know um and then you know on the second hole made a good um it, it was solid the third hole trying to third hole is same well I made a really good um I bogeyed it I made a really you know I was just like the adrenaline and I right. hit what the shot that I needed to hit because just over the green and then I made a good chip and then it was one of those knee knock or putts, Yeah, and I digressed again. And I was like, all right, that's it. You got to make a decision right here and now what you're going to do. And um, so the whole five is a little bit dog laying it right. And I, I don't know, I connected on it and it went through the fairway, which as we all know at U S opens as it, as it firms up, you, that can happen.
0: Yeah. That ball really runs out. Green. Right. Yeah.
1: There is just more rub of the green. And I hit, what, what was a really good shot. And I did not get the balance I was looking for. And it goes just, just, uh, just past Pin high off the green to the right. And we're walking up there and I, for anybody that this has ever happened to, they will vouch that they know what I'm talking about. I knew I was going to chip in walked up, I, I just knew I was going to chip in. I was like, I'm going to, well, I'm just going to chip that in. And it's just a weird feeling that it's not a weird feeling. It's just like this. I don't know. You just know it's going to happen. Yeah.
0: You get those premonitions in golf. I know. Yeah.
1: And I did. And, you know, and that really was kind of a turning point right there because I think Annika bogeyed and what that did, she had, uh, what that did for me was be like, see, everyone's human. I mean, why, why shouldn't it be your day? Really? Why, why shouldn't it be your day? And um, from that point on, on the next hole, I made a really good, um, it was a par five, hit some really good shots up there. And then the next hole is also a par five. (laughs) And I just smoked my drive. I just just couldn't have hit it better.
0: So tell me me how far, because I saw some of these shots, those drives were going a mile. How far do you sort of typically hit a good drive?
1: I don't know. I was hitting it a lot further that day. I can, I saw. Know, I, can I saw some that.
0: of these. I was. I think Judy. <laughs> I don't know if Judy Rankin was the commentator. Someone was talking about when you were hitting some of these drives. They were going a mile. I mean, you're yeah. hitting these like you know. You mentioned the seven iron for the eagle on the par five. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. I. I, I just. It was. It was impressive.
1: <laughs> well, I always. I always joke around about like, man, I've got really good LPGA Senior Tour speed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh huh, that's right. um uh, pushing the envelope at 90. I'm, de- I'm it's higher than that, but
0: uh, it's I'd definitely be- higher. I saw where the balls were going, it's definitely <laughs> a lot higher than that.
1: Um, so but you know, that that uh, birdie on that hole on uh, hole number seven that was a really good birdie for me. I hit my second shot. Like I hadn't gone for that green all week. I don't know why some other people are like, Oh, I went for it all week. And I was like, oh, I don't know. yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I parted it. It's not like I did anything spectacular, but, uh, I was on an upslope and I made a really good pitch, but I left myself with probably a three foot downhill slider left to right. And this ah. sucker was a, you know, it was one of those where it's half cup to a cup outside the hole. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, but you know, I just did my drill. That's the point where I was like, all right, here's, here's your opportunity right here. This is nothing more than a drill. You've done this all week long and I made it. And that, that really kind of started, you know, at that point after that chip in, I was really just, you know, just starting to glide along. Yeah. Um,
0: and then went so there. that's, yeah. yeah,
1: that's really how it happens. I went in, I, I saw the leaderboard. There weren't a lot of leaderboards out there, but I did glance at the leaderboard after the ninth hole and cuz and I looked and I can't remember how much of a lead Laura had I think maybe at that point like two shot lead I, I really don't know for certain and that's when uh you, you know we talk about the 13 rounds of golf or whatever it is but legitimately when I had to I was drinking a lot of water so you know when I anyway when I had that talk with myself
0: yeah <laughs> I told myself
1: um you know when I when it, Back to when I won the U.S. Open in '93, the first time, or excuse me, the U.S. US Amateur. U.S. Amateur, yeah. In '93, I remember staring at myself for ten minutes in the mirror. I was staying with one of my very good friends at the time, was Liz Bowman, who played for UCLA. I was staying with she and her family in Bonita, uh, down in San Diego. Yeah. And I looked at myself in the mirror, gave myself really good eye contact, and I and I told myself, "You can do this." And and I didn't leave until I believed it. So meaning the first time I said it, it was, I was like, ah, really? Do you really think you can do it? You know, giving myself that, that pushback. And I remember when there was something that clicked was like, no, you are going to do this. I was like, all right, I'm ready to go, you know, and, and just walked out. And that was that. Wow. Wow. And, um, so at that turn, um, I told myself, I was like, you know, you may not have been playing a lot of golf this year, but you have played thousands of rounds of golf and you can draw from all of that previous experience. experience.
0: Right. Absolutely. So,
1: and that, and that's, I mean, honestly, it was just such a calming thought that I had about it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You're hitting so many good golf shots right now. You know, this golf course, you know, where you want to be, you're putting really well. You haven't had any three putts up until, up until this point. Yeah. That's right. Because my stats were in the top five and, um, you know, so what, what will happen will happen. All you can do is step up to the ball and, um, allow yourself to get into the calmness that you that you can feel. If you feel yourself tight, go ahead and breathe it out. And if you have to back off of it, that's fine. Just do what you know, you can do know that you're going to be nervous and allow yourself to get into that calmness for the shot, go get it and do it again. Right and um and I made the decision not to look at any leaderboards right there because I knew I was getting hitting a lot of good shots and I can't control what anybody else is doing. The only person I know what's what's going on is Annika, and at that point she had made a couple of mistakes. And, right,
0: I remember that. Yeah.
1: Um. So you know, it was kind of an interesting position. Um. So that's I mean that's what happened.
0: So apropos of not looking at leaderboards, I have to ask you about one thing. So if yeah. this is true, so you come up to the last hole, yeah. um, and I think you had a, your final putt pretty short, uh, which was, you know, uh, a putt to win. And is it, is it right? Annika said market because you need this putt to win and you weren't aware of where you stood. Is that true? That is
1: correct. Yes. Wow. That is correct. I, I, I had a feeling I was play, like, I knew something was going on, um, and that is correct. I did not know exactly where I stood, but I knew something was going on because on whole, uh, let's see, 11, 12, 13 is the par three. I made a really good up and down out of the sand.
0: I, so I remember uh, that. I remember seeing that. Yeah, that yeah. was a great up and down. That was a tough one.
1: The the putt, what I saw it too, and the putt was a lot harder than it came across on TV. That, okay. thing, <laughs> that thing was like a foot right to left, you know, and it was downhill. Um, and then all of the, all of a sudden Kay Cockrell was on my group and the cameras were on my group. That's a good, that's a good
0: clue, right? When you've got the on-course announcer and the camera's (laughs) following. I'm like, all right, something's something's going on. (laughs) Like you got a drone in the next group behind me? What's, what's
1: happening? Um, so, you know, I made that up and down on, uh, on hole 13 on that par three. And then, uh, on the next shot, they had the tease up and I was hitting my driver so well that, uh, my sister in hindsight, she's like, man, I just wanted you to hit it out in the middle. But I was like, no, I said it so good. Like I just wanted to rip driver over the corner and it barely caught a branch and it landed on the lip of the bunker. And that pin was on the front left. And there's an opening to the green in between two bunkers. And I remember seeing about a two foot circle where I needed it to drop. And I'll be darned if it didn't like drop right in that circle. Wow. And brother, the green just ended up, you know, two and a half feet from the pin. And I made birdie at that point. And my sister says, yeah, right. when you made that birdie. She said I, that was on hole 15, no 14, I guess. And then on 15, as soon as that eight iron was in the air and it was a beautiful eight iron on that par three. She's like, I thought you were going to knock it in the hole. It looked so good. And um, she goes, I, I knew that we had a really good chance. And then um, she said she had to turn away from me on 16 on that par five when I hit my eight iron. I think that's when Ran- Judy Rankin was like, well, that's a really good eight iron, like a really long eight iron up the hill. Um, yeah that's
0: right exactly yeah. i remember saying that exactly
1: <laughs> yeah because i smoked that drive like i hit it exactly where i wanted. that's to. it when i
0: was saying before that i couldn't know yeah. how far you were hitting the drive that's the one i had in mind seeing yeah. that one that went a mile
1: <laughs> well and it, and it got the bounce i was looking for the, yeah, day, the did. day before yeah. i hit it more center and it rolled through the fairway and i told my sister all right well i'm not going to hit forward i we're going driver and i'm going to hit it down the right side right and that's the you only know, that it, it should get past those trees And it did. And I think she had like five wood in there. And I was like, dang, I got eight iron in here. Yeah. Get back in the gym. (laughs) 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 Um, And my sister said at that point, she's like, no, legitimately, I got tears in my eyes at that point because like I knew what was happening. And once that hit on there and you were putting really well, like, you know, I thought I made that putt for Eagle, but um, anyway. I, I mean that really was kind of the crux of it. And again, to the you know like the naysayers, I I, I on seventeen I did push it a little bit. It wasn't a horrible swing, but um, people are asking me on seventeen and eighteen, "Well, you three putted those two holes," and I'm like, "Right, that's the first time I had a putt outside fifty feet all week." <laughs> so you know when you're not used to when you're not when you don't have those big lag putts. And by the way, yeah. the one on seventeen wasn't that bad. And then the second one snapped, and that putt on eighteen. Is like dead uphill into the green about 100 feet. And it is really challenging yeah, it's, to get yeah. that play. Totally,
0: that hard. Totally. Yeah. totally. But um, I mean, and you know, what a victory. And you know, you're in some elite company for these multiple USGA championships. I mean, what are we talking about? Tiger, Jack Nicholas, Joanne Carner. I'm remembering the rest of the list, but it's um, very few have won that many multiple USGA championships. That's pretty cool.
1: It is. I mean, who would who would have thought after all this time I would be able to be on a list? I told my, told my husband, Patrick, I was like, you think they're going to put an asterisk by it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: and you get to go off to Pebble Beach next year. I mean, that's one of the things I talked with Amy Alcott about this because, you know, she's been a big reason why they're going to Riviera a few years later. But, you know, and I think Mike Wan has been a great hire for the USGA and it's great to see the sites for the U S women's open, um, um, uh, you know, being so great. And, I mean, besides going to the senior open, you're now going to, you know, pe- pebbles, of course, U S women's open, but you're, you're, you're exempt, you're qualified now as the U S senior women's open champion. How cool is that? Right. What a it's special amazing. place I, to yeah, go.
1: I found that out during the trophy ceremony, which is great. So, yeah. um, you know, I can't, I can't, I, I can't plan anything more than like two hours in advance. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm actually headed out there on Sunday to do, they have an invitational that they play every fall and which right. I used to play. It's a big, yeah, I remember,
0: I remember so that. Yeah. I'm going
1: to, I'm going to go back out there and play, um, this, this next coming awesome. week where we play Spanish Bay, Pebble and Spyglass, which Spyglass is amazing. It's so fun. I love Spyglass. Oh, yeah. It's um, so
0: hard. It's so hard too, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. And, uh, I told the director, I'm like, I'm a senior. So, you know, how you have men's senior tees, it's about time you get senior women's women's tees.
0: Exactly. I mean, it's
1: only fair. Right. And, um, so my sister will come out in my, uh, the day of Pebble, we're like, all right, let's chart some stuff out. Let's start preparing for next July.
0: Absolutely. It'll be great. I mean, just such a wonderful victory. And, um, you know, I, I, um, I, I did want to just, I, and you've been so generous with your time and this has been, i love talking through this. I did want to ask you one other thing. and I'll let you go on this. I mean, is when you look at the women's game today, um, uh-huh. cause you have the perspective, I mean, I don't know how your reaction is. I, I mean, it seems like there's more talent out there than ever. Um, and it really seems like it's in a great place, both, you know, at the pro level, you've got the Corda sisters, obviously, and, you know, Lexi and, Minji Lee and the rest of them. And, you know, in the college, um, at the college level, and, you know, I've, as as we talked about, I've got my Stanford gear on, you know, the Stanford <laughs> team, you know, with Rose Zhang, you know, is from Southern California, Rachel Heck, Megagani, I mean, just tremendous talent up and down. Um, I, I and, and, you know, and I know I've talked a little bit with some of these folks and you know, they've got the NIL deals for college athletes, you know, now totally different world than when it was, you know, when you were in college on on terms of that. So some of them can stay in school because they've got a source of revenue from that. I just, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you I assume you must think similarly that there's just a lot of talent out there today and it's great to see.
1: I do. I mean, I think you're I think that finally golfers are getting the respect as athletes. Right. And um, I mean, I remember being in the in the training room. They're like, oh, you're not an athlete. I'm like, I'd like to see you strap on a bag of 14 clubs and walk 18 holes. Big boy, you know, <laughs> um, for four days in a row, by the way. And um, I mean, there is there's a tremendous amount of talent. And I just it, it, it is uh, it's really great to see that the women's game has grown on a trajectory that it is currently on. And I think you're just going to see it get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I do think, you know, today's uh, temperament or culture, whatever you is definitely bringing more attention, yeah. which is a good thing for women's sports in general, because yeah. like, I don't, I don't pretend that women should compete with men. We are different women and men are different. And I think, people are starting to realize that there is a difference and to have respect for the women's sport, the way that they play sport versus the men, the way that they play sport. And I think that is just helping not only golf, but women's um, athletics as a whole. And I do believe that the women's game is in good hands right now. There's a tremendous amount of talent out there from Colorado, like Jennifer Cupcho.
0: Yeah. Oh, right. Absolutely. Definitely going to
1: be, you know, forced to be reckoned with here in the future and the court of sisters. I mean, what an amazing family story in general, Yeah. Oh boy, like I know. Cordas, right. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes I think about that. And I'm like, huh? Should I be like cracking down on my six and ten year old right
0: now? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. It sounds like all oh, that's you're doing a great job. I'm sure. Well, I, I, um, this has been fantastic. I really have enjoyed, um, our chat. You've been very generous with your time. Um, I love hearing about the mental prep and stuff and just such a big part of golf and the role that played. And, and again, congratulations on a tremendous championship win. And, um, I will, um, keep my eyes peeled for, uh, future victories from you.
1: Oh, Larry, it's been great. It's been great being on here. I really appreciate it. And, uh, I look, you know, hopefully we have something to talk about down the future down down the road
0: in the future. I I, I have a feeling we will. So uh, (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you so much.